Good evening and welcome to another edition of Rev. My name is Lori Enright and we are so excited that you've joined us for the next 30 minutes. At any time, if you have any questions you'd like for us to answer, send us a quick email to rev, R-E-V, at eaglecountryonline.com. Special thanks to Mark Kreimer and our friends at Kreimer's Beer House for making the show possible. Visit the Beer House for lunch or dinner seven days a week on State Route 128 in Cleves. All right. Hey, it's David Vaughn here with Rev. A little sinusy, a little coffee. I bet some of you all are that way uh, this week. That flu is going around, Lori. Oh, my goodness. And uh, it's affected our church. I feel better than I sound right now. So if I sound a little more nasally uh, or resonant, you know, that may be why. <laughs> but anyway, we are so honored to come to you on Sunday nights uh, here at Eagle Country on Rev. And, man, Lord, there's been a lot going on in our world this particular week when when we've been talking about recording this. And it all revolves around that tragedy in Florida. Uh, actually, there's a lot of disasters that are, that are going on right now in our world. Uh, this particular week here in the uh, Lawrenceburg and Aurora and uh, all over Cincinnati, the, the flood waters are rising high. I think I saw Noah go by in the ark, and that worried me a little bit. But I, uh, you know, it poses, it causes to pose the question. I bet some in Eagle Country are experiencing this in multiple ways, uh, whether it's a natural disaster like a flood, whether it's a human disaster like what happened with that horrible tragedy in Florida. Uh, a lot of people in our church are asking, you know, with Nicholas Cruz and all that stuff, and it's the chatter on media everywhere. Uh, and sometimes people talk about guns. Sometimes they talk about, um, you know, NRA. Sometimes they talk about mental illness. I mean, there's lots of issues and uh, lots of different opinions uh, by good and godly people as to what to do. Uh, but the question sometimes people ask around our church is kind of below the surface is, what does God, where's God in this? How, how do you make sense of a tragedy that happens in, uh, in bad situations, whether they're caused by humans or it, some people would say caused by God? Uh, it, it's always interesting that God gets blamed for everything that goes wrong. We, we don't, we're not really quick to give him credit. You know, even in your insurance, you know, it's a, you know, mm-hmm. some exemptions are, you know, God ordained, <laughs> you know, disasters or things that happen. And uh, so a lot of people want to know, you know, if there is a God, how come he allows that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, how come, uh, where was he, you know, in that school that day in Florida or Columbine or wherever? Uh, disaster strikes. Where is he on 9-11? You know, where is he when the floods come through here in our area the way they have? And thank God the sun's out today. It was a foreign entity. I almost didn't know what that warmth and that big ball in the sky was. <laughs> right. I don't think I realized how long it's been, had been dark until the sun came out. Yeah. But, and you it, know, that's profound. <laughs> that goes for more than just the weather, you know. Uh <laughs> But, uh, yeah, some of you say, where is God? So I thought I would jump to a scripture in John 9 uh, to read and then maybe unpack a little bit of what, I, what I've learned in my ministry career about tragedies and God's place in them, because uh, I don't think he causes them. I do think he uses them. Uh, so maybe we could unpack that. John chapter 9, a similar situation in Jesus' day, 
he was traveling along with his disciples. And in John chapter 9, verse 1, it says, As he, and this is Jesus, went along, uh, he saw a man blind from birth. So here's a guy with a handicap, a disease. In their day, there was no Social Security uh, network, no safety net. Most guys who had an infirmity like this, uh, a challenge like this, an issue like this, would have been on the street begging. Uh, There was nobody to take care of him. They were marginalized people. But as he went along, he sees this man. I've noticed that there's a great principle in life. If you just open your eyes as you go along your own path of life, as, as you go along, you'll see a lot of human misery. A lot of human suffering uh, that you could speak into and notice. Most of us, we're so busy in our agenda that we miss God's agenda. Mm -hmm. And that may be the very person right there on the side of the road who can't see. And there are many people who can't see figuratively, spiritually. You know, they can't see. They're not just a physical blindness. It's a spiritual blindness, which is the worst Darkness of all. But they see this man, blind from birth, and his disciples ask him this, Rabbi or teacher, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? In other words, their logic is like this. This guy must have done something wrong to be blind, either him or his mom and dad. Uh, They believe that like he was cursed. Because of somebody's sin. Somebody has to, he must have done something really, really bad. And you know, sometimes in our minds when we see something, tragedy happen to somebody, we say, you know, mm, I wonder what they did. It's mm-hmm. this unbiblical view of karma. You know, I think the Bible does. I don't think, I know the Bible teaches that what we sow is what we're going to reap. But I don't believe that God takes all of these collective sins and then punishes us or curses us because of them. If that were the case, uh, all of us would be cursed all the time based on all the stuff that we've done wrong. But his disciples are kind of asking the same question. Why does tragedy happen? So notice what Jesus says, verse verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. In other words, I didn't cause this, but I allowed this to happen so that my grace, my miraculous power, the things you can only learn in the dark places of your life can be found and displayed. And those listening to Eagle Country Lore, I would say we learn the toughest lessons in the valleys of our life, in the dark places. Uh, When it's all going good, we seldom stop to think, ponder, thank God, but, man, when it gets going downhill quick, we start to say, hmm, what is God trying to teach me here? Mm-hmm. And he can only sometimes speak to some of us when we're down and display uh, his glory. Uh, so it's a great theological debate among pastors sometimes. If God is all-powerful and all-knowing, could he stop a tragedy? Could he, could he have stopped... Uh, you know, Nick Cruz down there. Well, sure, I, God can do anything he wants. Could he stop a earthquake or a tornado or uh, any other natural? He could. But that doesn't mean he is mandated to or he always does. Uh, if I figured all that out, I would be God. 
<laughs> you know, and I, it's a mysterious thing. I don't have all the answers about why he protects sometimes and other times he does not. Uh, but I know he always has a purpose. I, when I can't trace his hand, I trust his heart. And I know he has a purpose. He has a will. And when I get to heaven, I'll find out all of these things about what we can learn the truth through tragedy by. So I do think that this world we live in was created perfectly at first with Adam and Eve. Do you think that some of these disasters, whether they are natural or man-made, are designed to humble us? Because I've found that... Before I started my faith journey, I was kind of in that out of sight, out of mind. You know, if it doesn't affect me directly, it's not um, that important to me. And I, those are, you know, that's a me that I'm better than I was and glad that I am not any more and working on being better. But I found that as I've grown farther in my faith, that my heart is softened for situations that don't necessarily include me and it's humbled me and made allowed me to to be to grant more grace to people where i might not have done that in the past don't you learn a lot about uh you're you're more patient when and you have more of a uh an understanding and compassion Mm -hmm. for somebody who's down and out when you've been down and out you know if you never had a problem or you never experienced uh you know darkness how do you know what Light is. Somebody said, all sunshine makes a desert. I mean, you got to have some bad to appreciate the good. But I do think God uses, utilizes, leverages, we might say, these things to get our attention, to humble us, to to force us to focus on him. Uh, And I think God did create a perfect world in Adam and Eve. But when sin entered the Garden of Eden... That's when the world began to run amok. So I think God gets blamed for a lot of stuff that's the devil's fault. Uh, in, in, in Eden, everything was perfect. There would be no death. But when sin entered, the world, sin entered the world, then you have death, disease, destruction, deception. All those things come with the devil. So in this world, he created this world with a natural law and order. And God allows that natural order to take place and does not always intervene. Sometimes he does. It's the exception to the rule. But when you realize this world is not our permanent home, that we're going to a new place, another place in heaven, Eden restored, we might say, uh, and there will be no more dark, dying, crying, pain. The old order of things has passed away, the Bible says, and the, the, the new order has come. So when this world is not your home, you don't really have to have every answer. Uh, it'll be answered later uh, for us, and that's where faith comes in. I do not. I've been following Jesus and representing him as a pastor for years and years, and I still do not understand every single thing that he does. I wish I did. What he allows, I, I wish I did. But I do know that that the Bible says God is close to those who are hurting, who are brokenhearted, who are crushed in spirit, I think you should pray for healing and for deliverance and comfort and wisdom uh, to understand that. And there are people who find their faith strengthened, not weakened by that. There are some who've given up on God, though, because he 
they felt like he abandoned them. But Jesus knew what it was like to lose his son too. He did not intervene even in the death of his own son because he knew there was a greater purpose and that the works and power of God might be displayed, which is what he kept saying to the disciples here about this man born blind. And so I, I do think it is a lot to ponder. And out here in Eagle Country, when you're stuck in your house and you can't get out of your neighborhood you know, because of the floodwaters right now, it's mm-hmm. good to ponder uh, you know, these things about life and death. You do take so much for granted. Pain is a great, great teacher. Uh, and it's uh, how God, uh, someone said that God, you know, speaks to us. He whispers in our life, but he shouts in our pain. And I think that that if you just stop and pause, you can hear his voice and you, he can teach you some things in there. But boy, it is really difficult to find God sometimes in these dark days. But I do think that he's still in control. I think this sin is uh, of this world is catching up with us. I, I personally think that that it's not going to get better. I think it's going to get worse as time goes on. Uh, I, I think that humans, by and large, have forced God, uh, let God know that He's not welcome in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, so an, another American school has been you know turned into this killing field, and um, I think the devil is laughing. I think God is grieving. I think the devil loves chaos. He loves carnage. Uh, but we've pretty much kicked God out of every public place, uh, and we say we don't want you here. But then when tragedy happens, we suddenly want him back, uh, which is kind of uh, amusing and amazing. Uh, but our society, by and large, um, doesn't want God a part of their life. And when you take God out of any system, whether it's schools, businesses, your home, um, this is not a gun control issue. This is a sin control issue. Uh, and when you, the only way to change people is through their heart. Uh, I heard someone say it well. The, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And until the heart changes, you're going to continue to have nicks uh, in our life. And I feel sorry mm-hmm. for that Cruz family. I mean, think about if I'm if the stories are true here. Think of what kind of beaten down, dark world and empty and angry world that kid was in. He said he heard voices. At least that's what's been reported. I, that's not the voice of God. I mean, he said demons told him to commit these things. That happened in the Bible, too. Demons got a hold of people, told them to do stuff that hurt themselves. And so uh, I think this is a, a – the Bible calls the devil the prince of this world. And I think he is in – he inhabits this, the structures, the societies of our world. And sometimes the light penetrates those. Sometimes it does not. Uh, but I do believe there'll be a payday someday, a judgment day someday for all of these kind of people. So I, I think it's a sin problem, not a gun problem. I think it uh, could happen anywhere, anytime. It does make you a little paranoid to walk down the street, doesn't it? It makes you a little more nervous about what could happen next. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that your life is centered on the one who is not of this world, who came to this world to die for our sin. 
so that we can go to heaven to be with him. So these kinds of things do not detract from my faith. They uh, strengthen my faith to the degree that they are just evidence that without Jesus, this world is a dark place. It's a sinful place. And events like this, whether it's 9-11 or any shooting, any horrific crimes are proof of the evil of man, uh, the compassion and the courage of man, though. You know, a lot of our firefighters and first responders, mm-hmm. they, they're supposed to be the first to run in, you know, and usually are. In this case, there's some discussion about that. Um, but uh, there are uh, brave men and women who run to the sound of the gun, not away. And we ought to be thankful for that. So kind of steering the topic a little bit and maybe um, offering some practical advice. I have noticed, well, social media is a really big part of our world for the good and the bad. It does a lot of wonderful things in the event of... Uh, the flooding that we've had here locally in Aurora and Switzerland County and, of course, in other areas within greater Cincinnati, I've seen social media have people banding together and supporting one another and how can we help and and what do we need to do. But from a Christian perspective, I've seen a lot of, when it comes particularly to the school shooting, the most recent one in Florida and any shooting, there's a lot. How... Would you suggest a Christian? I personally don't interact. I will say on social media, right. I see a lot Probably of things. Probably wise, yeah. Um, and and there's times for like if there's other people like me that aren't reacting, it's hard yeah. to like hold your tongue. But yeah. I've seen a lot of um, you know people getting upset that people are praying for these families and that that's not solving the problem. And mm. um, I feel like. I'm always going to pray for these families or anybody in the situation to have strength mm. and peace, um, especially during their grieving process. But how do you think, how do you feel about social media and how as a Christian do you sit back and say nothing? But that's not what we're supposed to do either. Right. So what are you? Well. I threw you at. Yeah. I threw you at. Oh, oh, that's a great question. I think the position of the Christian in any arena, social media, whatever, and it is a world where anybody can say anything about anybody. I've been, our church and I have been talked about by the best, <laughs> good and bad. Uh, but I think you you are shrewd as serpents, harmless as doves, is the way Jesus would say it. I think you're innocent, but you cannot sit back and not say anything. But I do think you need to guard your words uh, in social media, especially because they're permanent, they're instant, they they cannot be taken back. And when you're mad, seldom when I'm mad do I post things that are helpful. Uh, and I don't think shouting at somebody on social media has ever changed a heart. It only makes it worse. So I do think you can speak these things that we've talked about today into the situation, keep referring them back to certain scriptures, uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I've come to bring you peace. You know, There's lots of things you can speak peace into the situation. Diffuse it, uh, but not be so docile that you don't stand for something. Um, and so there are excellent examples. I mean, this teacher, this uh, assistant football coach, Aaron, that he ran to these students that he loved, sacrificed his life, 
So it shows you the evil of man, but these situations also show you the goodness of man uh, that often occurs. So I, I think Christians should be very engaged in the culture, but I would not post anything, say anything, at least I try, that does not build up, speak the truth in love. So Jesus was known to be a man full of grace and full of truth. And I think you need both in this situation. Truthful conversations need to occur. How are kids best protected in this gun situation? You know, what does security look like? Should we arm teachers? Should we not? Should we get more police there? Should we not? Should we have metal tech? All this is in the truth. Let's, let's just use common sense and speak truth with no agenda. But then you also need to be full of grace, which Jesus was, to look at all the sides, to remember these are real people. Uh, I feel horrible about this deputy or number of deputies that stayed outside, didn't go inside. But you know what? I wasn't there. People freeze. Good people do crazy, weird things under trauma and war and things. So we're we're real quick to judge in our country, and rightfully so. But I think that's what it means to be full of grace as well. So you're full of grace, full of truth, and you move forward with that perspective. This week was the passing in our world of Billy Graham, who was the best at speaking truth and showing grace that I have seen in every media of his day. And uh, the more we can be like him, I mean, the world's a better place because of him. Uh, so I would ask the question, is my community here in, in Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Eagle Country land, is it better because of me or is it worse because of me? Is my influence helping? Is my influence hurting? Um, and I think that should be true of everything that you say or post. But I'm not a big Facebook guy. I mean, we have lots of people as the size of our church post a lot. Mm-hmm. I got off of Facebook some time ago. I'll tweet every once in a while or I send out weekly emails. But I, I got off Facebook because it's really difficult in a church our size to like everybody to be everybody's friend, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know. You hit your friend, your friend Max Limit. Now, if people wanted to follow you on Twitter, though, how could they do that? We would love that. It's all about the one at all about the one, and look me up on Twitter, and you could follow some of my postings and pictures. And so we're we have Facebook presence through the church, and obviously Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think anybody uses MySpace much anymore. But uh, <laughs> we leverage all those things, and thousands and thousands of people follow our church on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But personally, I ha- have found it's not helpful for me to uh, work that channel of social media myself too much because uh, it, uh, it can consume me if I'm not careful And um, early on, I tried Facebook, and someone hacked my account and started sending out inappropriate things. And then my reputation was suspect. Wow. And I said, I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah. Uh, So I kind of backed out of it. But I have a lot of great staff who are, and it's kind of Facebook shepherding because they kind of tell me, David, uh, I, I don't know if you heard this or I saw this. And I'm shocked, maybe, Lori, you're younger than I. You can maybe speak into this. But uh, those of us who are a little bit older are often shocked by the things, the rawness, uh, the the things people reveal about themselves for the world to see in public media. 
I, I think it's great to vent and be authentic, but there's a time and a place to reveal things. And I'm shocked what people say uh, who it probably be more appropriate in a, a, a one-on-one conversation or some things just shouldn't be shared at all. I don't need mm-hmm. to know that about you or yeah. that person. Uh, and I think it developed, it's unhealthy, but it's like anything. Social media is like anything. It's just a tool. It can be, it can be used for good. It can be used for evil and both are done quite frequently. Mm-hmm. But I do think we have a, a vitriol environment in our culture from the president on down where people do tend to vent and rant. And I'm not, I found it's not always helpful because no. it has truth. But it doesn't have grace, and there is a common denominator of being nice and gracious uh, that I think is being lost in our culture where we spend a lot of time yelling at each other. I just don't think Jesus yelled a lot. I think he spoke his mind. Well, and people aren't yelling like physically now. Now they're yelling with there's steam coming out of their fingertips. And I, I, you know, and it is, it it takes willpower, you know, and and strength to withdraw from that and, you know, realize if what you're about to say or thinking of saying is going to help or hurt a situation. I've had people hurt me before and I always, you know, wait an hour before I hit send on an email. You can't read voice inflection on an email. So I, 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 but I've sent, I've never regretted holding back. I've, I've often regretted sending something when I was mad and I'll get you, you know, and that never turns out good. So probably send it to somebody else that knows you, maybe write it, but never send it. It Mm -hmm. makes you feel better. Uh, but there are plenty of other things that are more productive for me than to try to, than, than tearing people down. I, I think you can build them up. But I'm not a perfect person on this because when I get really amped up about an issue, especially when it's an issue that Jesus is clear on or the New Testament is clear on, I can get pretty worked up about it because I I think there is truth and it's found in a person named Jesus. So you can't not stand up for the truth. Uh, But I think you can – my position – Never gets me in trouble. It's usually my disposition. So I work more on the disposition than the position. Uh, and I, that usually helps me uh, quite a bit. So I hope uh, maybe this tragedy we all can learn from. This will not be, I fear, and I'm sad to say, the worst and the last. Uh, I think this world has fallen, as I mentioned before. I think it's. It's careening toward an end uh, in one way or the other, and that's what Jesus predicted. And he said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's good news for those of us in Eagle Country who believe that he's still in control, even though it feels like on days like this that he is not. Well, would you like to close us out Love with that. a prayer? Love that, yeah. God, I just pray for those in Eagle Country experiencing uh, right now this week flooding of some kind or the darkness uh, that this blind man in John 9 that we started this show with had. And God, uh, this man ultimately got to be healed. And 
Uh, if we read the rest of that chapter, we see that it turns out pretty good. Always does when you're in charge. I pray for all of those folks down in Florida, the churches there that are helping, the school officials that are helping, the law enforcement officials that are helping. And God, our, our world is really falling apart, so give us wisdom. And I truly thank God the hope of this world is found in a person named Jesus. Until we want to admit that, we will always uh, have these kinds of problems. So I pray for uh, truth and love to flow and grace when we mess up. And I pray, God, that we would learn the valuable lessons that only come in the valleys and the tragedies of our life. And we ask that in that one person's Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Rev. David and I pray that this show has revved up your life, your faith, and your work week. Find out more about Sunday service times, youth programs, and how to plan your visit to Whitewater Crossing at whitewatercrossing.org and click on the New Here tab. Our show is blessed by Crimer's Beer House on State Route 128 in Cleves. I'm Lori Enright. Please join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. for Rev with Pastor David Vaughn, only on your hometown radio station, Eagle Country 99.3.